bringing you the best Eagles basketball coverage. This is Creature Report. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Elliot. Anyways, we're back after, what, like two months, three months, four months? I don't think it's been two, three, or four months. I think it's been pushing two months. Like half half a year? Definitely over one month. Right. But not quite two, I don't think. I think the last one was some in-between uh, news with players and chambers and... <clears throat> the Something cham- like that. The Chamber of Secrets. Chambers of Secrets. Anyways, Russell is here. Hello. As per usual. Um... And we're back. We uh, we've been busy, I guess, with other summer activities. We did get to attend a uh, a workout. Is that how they're calling it? Yeah, they're workouts right now. Right. Um. But yeah, that was great. Uh, we'll definitely try to get back in there, talk to some guys, see the guys. Uh, you know, do what they do. Um, get some good insight that way. But uh, hey, before we jump into basketball. How you been, man? It's been a while. I've been pretty good. I don't know what I've done since the last time I've... Oh, you know what you've done. <laughs> you've caught me red-handed. <laughs> uh, I've dropped 50 pounds. Not quite, but hey, everyone, Elliot's looking great. Yeah, he's hit, hit me up. Uh, he just said don't hit him up, but now he's saying hit him up. So Yeah, don't stalk me, but You just decide if he's trustworthy or not. Politely hit me up. No, but for real... Um, yeah, things have been good. Uh, been working like a demon, and over time, cool man. <laughs> uh, the NBA Finals have eclipsed since our last uh, pod. I think who did we interview that that said they wanted Boston and the Warriors? I think I, it was Demir Bishop. No, we've never interviewed Demir Bishop. Oh, Demir! Hey, shout out Demir Bishop. Where you do an interview with us? <laughs> it was who was it? It was uh, Isaiah Thompson. That's right. He yeah. called it. Yep. And unfortunately for me, the Warriors won, but they were the better team. I'm good with that. I, I am too, but it was cool to see the Celtics in there with uh, Tatum and, and your boy. Uh, who's your boy? I like Jalen Brown, if that that's who you're talking about. Yeah. That's your boy. Yeah, I'll be honest. I'm not that big of a Jason Tatum fan. Um, I think he's a bit overrated, to be honest. Well, he's young. So what? He's he's still good. Like, be better. I mean, he's going to win. It's yeah. it's going to happen. Maybe. I mean, Harden's never done it. Once Steph Curry's like 38, it'll happen. Yeah, but then Luka Doncic is there. Um, they don't have a team yet. Yeah, but that's the thing. Jason Tatum has a team. He's not as good as Luka. He's not, like, he's not in that echelon. He's just not. He can't take a team all the way. Maybe he will in a few years, but right now he's just not as good as people think he is, I think. I think he, I mean, I don't know what the hype is you're hearing, but to me, he's a solid top 10 player. Mm-hmm. And by like solid, I mean like in the top, like at the upper echelon of 10. I, was gonna, I feel like I can name 10 players that are definitely better than him. But, uh, I mean, I do think he's good. He's good. Like, what's the, not that I want to cite Max Kellerman on a bunch of things, but, um, he has this little rating system that he does where it's like one star, two, three, four, five star player, five star players. You're perennial, all pro, all NBA. Always if you're going that, then yes, Jason Tatum's a He's four. He's a four. Yes. Maybe at times a four and a half. Yeah. Can flirt with four and a half. But he's not a guy who's getting an NBA. You know, he's not Embiid. He's not Jokic. If you're talking about bigs. He's not LeBron. He's not 
KD. He's to not me, Steph he's, Curry. He's right not. now he's young Dwayne Wade. In skill? Yes. Yeah. I, I don't know. I guess. Like, it's interesting because, like, obviously the Wade heat with, with LeBron, that wasn't – it was, like, his team because Dwayne Wade's, you know, a team legend. But it was LeBron was, you know, 1A. Um, now with uh, Wade's championship with Shaq, I don't really know. I, I feel like it, that was Wade. I mean, Shaq was being big Shaq down low, but – But Shaq was past his prime yeah, at that point. Yeah, for sure. Point. He was post-L.A. He was still great. He was still a, you know, perennial all-star. But um, that was Wade's team, though, at least in the beginning. I think they'll be back. I think they had a really good core team this year. Um, you just – the Warriors – I mean, the Clay Thompson comeback story was awesome. Yeah. I'll give them that. And, and, and the core of that team has been there the last, what? Exactly. Uh, five, six years? More than that, man. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's like – I loved the Warriors' makeup when they first came around. Then it was the whole KD thing. You just got sick of seeing them, right? They were too good. But, like, now I, I'm just – because it's all them and just a rotating Harrison Barnes, essentially. Like, who's going to be the next – right now, Andrew Wiggins is the Harrison Barnes. Um, and, you know, he's – I won't say revived his career, but really just added the value back that he had. I, I personally didn't consider him a bust because he was a good player. He wasn't – you know, a five star or a four star. He was a three and a half probably. Um, but now he's, he's, you know, pretty much a four, like he's pretty much there. Um, not Jason Tatum four, but three and a half, four, something like that. Speaking of KD, what's your thoughts on all this KD Kyrie Irving leaving the Nets garbage and both going to the Lakers or, or, I mean, if, if that were to happen, I don't think the Lakers are winning. Yeah. There's too much, star power and and too much i care about myself to win first of all what are my thoughts is that i don't give yeah no I a mean. flying <laughs> but if i do talk about because I, I really do you know i obviously do care like i love the news and the nba and the off season and stuff like that so in reality it's like i don't know what's going to happen but like Listen, Kyrie doesn't make a team better anymore at this point. He'd make, you know, what team he'd make better? A team where he's the only star, because it would be obvious that he gets the ball all the time. He makes other guys better that aren't good or or that good. Um, but that team wouldn't win very many games. Simply, um, every team he's been on, with the exception of the LeBron comeback story to Cleveland winning the chip. He's made worse. He made the Celtics look terrible almost, on the verge of terrible for a good team. Um, goes to Brooklyn, barely plays. And that team, that team had the least cohesion of like any team I've ever seen. Uh, KD, on the other hand, again, I loved him and Russ in OKC. I thought that was a fun team. They should have beat the Warriors that one year. Um, then him and his burner account and his, the thinnest skin in all the land. Um you know, leaves and goes and joins the 70 whatever win Warriors team and nobody likes him anymore. Um, now, okay, I'm going to go take the Brooklyn Nets and make them awesome. And he doesn't do that either. He tears the Nets apart, who had a really good young core with Dinwiddie and all that. They were, they were doing it on their own. They sold their soul for KD and all them, and it didn't do anything. Well, first of all, anyone that calls, calls himself a god, like in any form, just like you. <laughs> I mean, like... Don't refer to yourself as a as a god. I mean, he's a great player, but like, he's so full of himself. It's just like, and don't forget the thinnest skin in all the land. He's like right, 
mortally. Anyways, if they both go to the Lakers, one, they're not going to be able to afford anyone else, and two, it's not going to work out. The other rumor is KD goes to the Heat, which I don't know if the Heat can even afford that. And that it's would, the NBA. Everyone can afford anyone. They're like the Rams, right? The NFL, but that yeah. would be that would be more interesting to me. I think Kyrie and LeBron teaming up again would be interesting because they've done it. Um, but yeah, I mean that's just yeah. NBA. I don't know. There's everything's like everything is smoke right now. Like Brian Windhorst is a whatever insider. It's like if it's not a Woj bomb, then <laughs> then you know it doesn't have that much weight. It's just speculation. At so that Katie's point. only won the title once, right? Yeah, and it was kind of a a gimme title. Oh, it was, yeah. yeah. Like if anything's a gimme in sports, it was that. Yeah. Because it wasn't making a super team. It was already a super team just with the people they drafted. And then a top two at the time player in the world joins that team. That's a gimme. It's not let's have these really good players go join forces in Utah or some random team. It was already established. And let me just add some flavor here. So, yeah, his his credibility is, I mean, he's great. It's just like his one title was, was not like, I don't know quote-unquote hard to get right you know to wrap to put a bow on the you know finals this year another thing is curry getting that his first finals mvp that's awesome he didn't get one any of the other chips and to me like i'm gonna be the first to admit based on age i i absolutely have more recency bias you know i didn't watch oscar robertson or bill russell or kareem abdul jabbar or you know whoever else you want to talk about uh, Magic Johnson, for that matter. And so, but anyway, with all that being said, Steph Curry is a top 10 player all time, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's probably closer to 10. When you think of icons from, I mean, like 2015 and on, he's one of them. Yeah. He, he's literally changed the NBA. Like, that's why the NBA has Kids are worked. playing basketball today because of him. Well, that's why three-pointers are right. so big. Right. Kids who, who wouldn't have survived on a college basketball team because of the way they played because they were the too whole game small changed, yeah. or because of their skill set was too limited um, are now who they are part, in part because of the, what they saw Steph Curry doing. And, hell, we could even, like, like look at a player like, like TDM, like, like Tavian last year. Like, half of the stuff he did was, like, a coach would take you right out of the game whether you made the shot or not if you did that 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And because of Steph Curry's success, it's like – well, okay, here's you got the green no, light. I, if he's making them, then right. yeah, you got the green light. But anyways, let's jump into um Well, how are you? How am I? <laughs> you uh, asked me I and then matter, I dude. I jumped in the NBA matter. and you know. How am I? I'm doing all right. I'm on summer vacation right now. Um so that's nice. Working out a little bit? Working out a little bit, trying to get some shots up too. Um I got really, really sick for the better part of a week. Um about a week week or two ago like debilitatingly like like it wasn't it wasn't like oh i'm gonna go work out anyway it was like i'm i can't move um (laughs) um but really the only it was two or three days where i i I was like that and then after that it was like all right i'm at least gonna go for a one to two mile walk in 100 degree weather um try to get my lungs back try to you know get that energy up so you know we didn't we didn't fall off the wagon too hard there um the other day i put some shots up i uh I uh, want, I did uh, ten straight shots at each uh, hash of the key. I had to make all of them, or I had to start over. And I didn't get all the way to the free throw line, but I got halfway. I got to like like two hash marks down before I missed one, and then I was like, "All right, it's way too hot. <laughs> I'm just gonna shoot around and then leave." But um, 
Yeah, I've been doing all right, man. Following my dreams. And we got uh, Dawson on the line, except he's not on the line yet, so we're <laughs> going to get him on. And uh, he's got a track phone, so it takes a while to connect to him. What is a track phone? <laughs> I don't even remember. He's got to pay for every minute he talks to us, so it's expensive. And uh, then we'll talk about uh, what our thoughts were on the uh, workout. Well, why don't we go first, and then we'll get him when we get him on the line. Sure. So, yeah, Elliot, uh, it was probably a week and a half, two weeks ago at this point. It wasn't quite two weeks. I think it was about a week and a half um, that we went and saw, um, you know, the guys for the first time in person, your newcomers, Sam Onu, Isaiah Thompson, Damir Bishop, um, you know, the list goes on and on. Uh, Shaq, Josiah Shackelford, um, Chase Johnston, and then, of course, all the guys returning. Um what was it like for you, uh, just checking them out, seeing them get an off-season workout in? Um, you know, what kind of skill sets they have? What Anything surprise you? Anything stick out to you? So it's early on, but, you know, it, it's cool to see the guys back in, in basketball action. Um, a, a lot of the guys seem to be, the returning guys seem to be uh, filling out a little bit. So I think they're, they've been putting in work, uh, working out in the gym. Oh, you mean getting big? Yeah, shredded, shredded beef, man. Shredded Anyways, uh, it was actually really nice to see, um, and I almost called him James Franco, (laughs) Uh, Franco Miller. It was really exciting to see Franco Miller back, like, on the floor, like, kind of, I mean, looked 100% healthy, uh, looked bigger, looked more athletic, looked, uh, just looked good. Um, Exciting to see the newcomers. Uh, Sam Onu is a presence on the court, that's for sure. Um, Shaq, Josiah Shackelford was, I think every play he did was ripping the rim off. Um, so that rim is going to have to be replaced before we start season, but he was, uh, getting after it. Um, the guards look really quick. Uh, Isaiah Thompson was very fast with it. It was shooting from like NBA range. Demir Bishop looked very athletic. I saw a couple dunks that I cussed at because it was... <laughs> Uh, pretty pretty athletic. You said, so, holy sh-. Exactly what I said. Nice. Verbatim. <laughs> Verbatim. I, 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 what was that? Bow, bow, bow. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hard to tell because it, it's a workout, right? It's just individual drills and, and sessions. It's, it's not like a in-play thing. So what what were your thoughts? A lot of the same, man. Um, you know, just to so I don't forget. No, uh, talking about Franco Miller, man. I feel like every off season we come in at some point and check him out, and he looks bigger, he looks stronger, and it's no different this time of year. But I think the biggest change for me was confidence and speed and stuff like that. Like, you know, I don't know if it's just the fact that he's, you know, a, technically a senior at this point, might be like uh, half a senior because another maybe another year because of COVID year and stuff like that. But um, still, you know, now that he's been here a few years, he's one of the guys coming back. He's no longer not even close to a newcomer at this point, but he's more vocal. He's more, you know, he's, he's you know, jaw, John with the with the guys and just kind of being more quick with it. I remember one of the first things we kind of heard about him when he came on when we saw a practice a couple of years ago was like, you know, he's just, you know, come to the school. He was new. Um, and just like, you know, I guess wasn't as confident with everything. But I, to me, that's that's all gone at this point. So. And he was having a pretty, you know, increasingly good year last year. 
Um, broke his ankle, I think it was, at the end of the year, but that's all good now. It was a clean break, so just pretty much a month in a cast, and you can get back to working out, and it's been, you know, six months at this point. Um, so, you know, looking at him, looked great. Again, Sam Onu, just a presence down low. He's a big body. Um, he's not just about seven feet tall. He's also just wide and thick. I was going to say, before I forget... <clears throat> When you bring up Sam Onu and the other bigs, uh, Andre Weir is quick. Yeah, man. Very smooth with it. Yeah, he's um, he's he's got a, a lethal quickness down low for being a guy who's six ten. I don't know what he weighs right now because he's been cutting weight since he got here and, and looking lean, but he's probably a good two thirty or forty still. And you know, being six ten, he's got pretty much the height that the other guys on the team have, and he's got just explosion and, and quickness. And yeah, that could come in handy. Well, all three of the bigs have very unique, from what we saw, like strengths. Like Sam Onu can kind of power wherever he he was shooting from the key. He even shooting a couple threes and drain them. Um, then Andre Weir is just smooth. He's he's quick. He's all around the key doing the same things. And then Shackelford was just bodying people and just just kind of bodies his way up into the to the rim yeah one thing we noticed um right off the bat was that um you know i I compared it my background is is more familiar with football so i compared it to like linemen right you you go to training camp and it's no contact or it's no pads it's like you can't evaluate a lineman you can't evaluate the run game because that's the physical stuff right and that's exactly what uh, Shaq is he's a physical guy down low so as soon as they started kind of you know um sort of doing live stuff with each other, that's when he started to shine. Because mm-hmm. before, when you're just doing footwork drills and dribble drills, it's like you're not going to look at a big, let alone a guy like Shaq, and be like, oh, he looks great. Like, <laughs> he's just he's just trying to get better, you know, little step at a time. But as soon as you get into any kind of game-like simulation, um, that's when he's going to, you know, show you how good he is at being a big. And I was actually – I came away very impressed. Um and, you know, it just looks like he's going to fight for things. He's going to be tough with it. There's no, there's not going to be any fingertip rebounds. He's going to try to nab that out of the air. He's going to use his body to make you pay for it. And, and he's going to work down low. Looks like a lot of and ones coming his way. Yeah. And I think we watched some of his free throws and hopefully we get a good 50% out of that. <laughs> right. Um, just, you know, no comment on his free throws, just what we saw. If a big can shoot 50%, honestly, I'm good with it. 50% or greater. Yep. Right. Hey, Dawson, you got me? Yep. Oh, hold on. This call is now being recorded. All right, cool. Uh, Elliot and I are just talking about our impressions from the workout the other day. Uh, so, Dawson, welcome to the pod. We've been recording. We've been talking a little bit, testing some equipment out. Uh, you were there. You were taking pics, taking videos. Uh, what were your impressions of the workout Uh at this point it's been a couple weeks but what are your impressions yeah well uh you know again it's it's kind of hard sometimes when we're taking videos or photos to like really pay attention but like going back through some of the footage even and in the moment just we looked we just looked so big and like fast uh, and just all around we're gonna have our way with people let's just say that like we have such size it's unbelievable with Sam Onu and uh, Andre Ware. It's just going to be crazy. Um, I would say that's the main thing is we look super big, but we also look incredibly fast with Chase Johnson and um, Isaiah Thompson looked really quick and and you just go with the ball. Um, when they started scrimmaging, you can kind of see it. And there was 
guys started getting a little chippy too, and so it was like pretty competitive. Um, it was just cool to see um, all around just them in kind of their natural element, just like playing ball. So it was an interesting experience for sure. I was going to say there was a few um, dunks by Demir Bishop that me, you, and Russell both looked at each other and were like, uh, did we just witness that? <laughs> and that was in you know a, a workout slash shoot around setting, so that was pretty cool. Um, like you said, we haven't talked about Chase Johnson. I mean, he's a the second leading scorer from Stetson a year ago. Now he's on the team. It's going to be insane to see how like the team here, the scoring. How how does the scoring break down? You got Caleb Cato that could easily probably average thirteen, fourteen a game if he wanted to. Chase Johnson averaged I think fourteen or fifteen a game at Stetson. You're going to have Sam Onu, who could probably get at least 10. There's so many guys that can get double figures. Cyrus Largy is going to can get at least 12. Um, so just the depth on this team and then how it's all going to pan out, how it's all – I mean, not much more you could ask for at this point in the offseason. Truly. I mean, Russell – I guess you can cut this out, but Russell, did you give your impressions already? Yeah, we we both did. Um, we're just roping you in at this point. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, uh, we'll talk some uh, some about the schedule in a minute. But just uh, yeah, to wrap that component up, it's it's you know at this point in the off season, right? It's it's about to be July first um, tomorrow. But at this point in the off season, it it just looks exactly where you want it to be, right? The newcomers are are meshing in pretty well, it seems. Um, oh. What you got? Coaching staff. Mm. So everything we've heard from players at this point, I know, Dawson, you've had some interesting conversation. I'm not even trying to, like, knock former stuff, but we're talking about the new and the present. Uh, The new coaching staff just seems to be very passionate, very encouraging, very into the guys, developing the guys. And that's great to see, and and the feedback we've got from the from the players has been great regarding that. And you could really see it at this uh, workout. Um, you had KJ Baptiste just sweating up a storm, yelling, just getting in there, diving. All the coaches were like diving for balls, which was great. Right, uh, was, Shep, former point guard at Penn State for Coach Chambers, I believe, was throwing up dimes. Yep. <laughs> him, and, him and uh, Coach uh, uh, Kyle Griffin were, were both throwing up lobs. Um, and it was looking great, like they could play point guard. Um, but yeah, it's good to see just the energy. I think uh, Dawson, again, you were the guy behind the camera. Did you uh, did you kind of notice that with the coaching staff too? Yeah, I noticed that, um, especially like KJ. It just seems like he's like one of the guys too, like with them, and um, kind of same with Matt uh, Griffin. It just seemed like there's like this energy on like on like. You know, I wasn't at a ton of practices like in the past, but um, we went to one last year. Um, complete different, like vibes, just like like night and day to me. Um, and between the players and the coaches, but it just seems that like this coaching staff has brought like a not even just like a new energy, but like you can just tell that they really are passionate about like who's here and that they are just for the players. And, and that the players are just bought in. It's kind of cheesy to say, like, the players are bought in, whatever. But it's, like, you can totally tell, like, they do this thing where, like, 
if, like, a ball gets loose, like, someone goes after it and everyone just starts, like, going crazy and yelling and then, like, the coaching staff's, like, they're all going, like, buck wild and they're just, like, celebrating for, like, no reason. But it's just super cool to see because, like, they're just, like, all having, like, such a great time. And it seems like they're all just, like, super cohesive and on the same page mentally. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that's really what I've noticed just from being, like, right there, like, five feet away from the action, you know. Yeah, and the amount of times I heard, and one, you know, like, they're, they're so excited to get the contact that I feel like you're, you're, you're almost hoping for the end one. You're, you're excited for the end one. So when you get to the game time situation, it's, hey, every play I'm getting to an and one, and we're going to the line, we're getting an extra point. And it was just really cool to have that, that hype and, and energy behind every play, um, even in just workouts. Yeah, and to, to put a, a, you know, a bit of a bow on this component of this, but, uh, it's uh, how many times, Elliot, have you talked about how, you know, we all notice this, how our, our bench sometimes just isn't as spirited, it looks like, as another team's bench. And now I think a lot of that is because, I mean, 90, 99% of the games we go to our home games. And that's sort of always like the away bench has to create the energy, right? Because the crowd can do that for a home team. But I mean, that that's kind of what it seems like is trying to be built with the running after loose balls and cheering and screaming your head off and the and one, right? It's it's just instilling the habit of, of losing your mind for your teammates, right, uh, in a good way. And I've always said that, like, <clears throat> when we are struggling against an opponent, especially at home, it always seemed like their bench was the one bringing the energy and kind of shutting down the home the home game atmosphere. And I've always said that the bench needs to be more involved. The the bench needs to be more vocal, more aggressive. So, like, I hope that really instills that going forward, that every play matters and every bit of energy matters from from the bench, too. Um, so, yeah, just to move on a little bit, um, some discussion. Uh, earlier this week, I think it was. Maybe it was this weekend. I don't remember anything. Um, we... Uh, the A-Sun released the uh, basketball schedules. So we're going to go ahead and just kind of take a quick glance at that. Now, of course, this will never replace our uh, gut gamble that, that happens right before the season. Uh, no, never. <laughs> That's a, a Screecher Report staple. Um, but just to quickly break down things, we open the conference season on the last day of 2022, uh, December 31st, uh, against JU at home. If you remember just, I mean... That's gonna. It should be a good one. I mean, last year Ju was the surprise team, first year head coach. Um, yet they still, you know, won 21 games last year after going. I think only winning 11 the year before, um, and having like four straight losing seasons. Uh, coach Jasek was fired, so they got their new coach. And uh, I just, you know, was looking up stuff quickly about their team this year, and um, seven guys averaged eight points per game or better last year. And none of those guys were seniors. So they, they have a bunch of incoming transfers and they also have a bunch of talent returning. So also last part on them, I didn't know they were 14 and 0 at home last year at Swisher or whatever their arena is called little, little tiny gym, but they were 14 and 0 at home, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, so the next game is central Arkansas away. Uh, one weird thing about our schedule uh, for conference is the first half of our schedule is like very away heavy, very on the road. We end the season, spoiler alert, with three straight home games. 
which is pretty damn cool, especially if we're going to get if you make the um, right. the tournament and you get home games if you're a good seed. Um, we could be playing if you get a number one seed or a number two seed, you could be playing home games for the past like month, mm-hmm. um, which is awesome. Um, but to rewind a little bit, it's Central Arkansas away. Um, they were uh, only they only won 11 games last year. They returned four out of their top six scorers. Um, really young incoming class, so not not that many you know big time transfers. Um, then the third game of conference season, we're looking at Austin P, a newcomer to the program or to the conference, I should say, uh, coming from the Ohio Valley Conference. Um, they. Uh, have been a pretty good team in that conference for the most part. Uh, recently, they struggled. So, um, you know, they're probably coming over at a good time. Uh, the, the big thing for them is they got a transfer from Missouri, uh, Sean uh, Duragordon, I think I'm saying his name right. Demogorgon? <laughs> no, but that'd be really cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they returned four out of their top five scores from last year as well. Um then to kind of accelerate through this a bit, we got UNF at home. They had a pretty not great season last year, just 11 games uh, One, uh, Carter Hendrickson is back, though. I feel like he's been on that team for eight years. Um, but a super unproven roster, though. Uh, they There's not much news on, on any incoming players, just super unproven. So Yeah, the whole team has seemed stagnant for the past three years three or so. Three years, yeah. which I'm not complaining. No, me either. <laughs> Their time has come and gone (laughs) they'll come back eventually um after that eastern kentucky uh, i thought they were going to be really good last year they ended up winning just 13 games a bunch of transfers this year though some juco also a guy uh, transferring from fau and a guy transferring transferring from uh, western kentucky um so just going to the other side of the state uh they returned three of their top five scorers uh next on january 14th is bellerman at Bellarmine, uh, of course. Thank God they're going to look different. Yeah, uh, but not different enough. No, they're going to look pretty damn different. Um, uh, of course, they've had our number for uh, the last two years that they've been around. Um, one thing I wanted to mention with this, because um, I was just looking up real quick their, uh, you know, their schedule and stuff like that. They already have their schedule out for the whole year, not just conference. Let me read off to you guys, and I want you to react to their schedule right now. You think UNF schedule's tough? This year, uh, their first game of the season on November 9th is against Louisville. November 18th is against Clemson. November 21st is Duke. November 25th, Loyola Marymount. November 27th, UCLA. November 29th, Kentucky. Uh, Yeah. Damn. (laughs) That's uh, kind of insane. But I know a lot of... um, you know, mid majors like this, especially ones that are new to D one, they will. It, it's about money. I mean, let's let's be honest, right? They they get essentially you have big schools pay you to beat you, um, unless you know you also have the opportunity to play really good teams and upset them, right? That it's, makes your whole season. It's it's that it's a little bit of exposure. Yeah, it's like hey, we hung with this team for a half. Right. You know, it's it's, it's that. And it's also you know if you manage to beat one of those teams, like how how good is that for your program? You know. Um, but I just thought that was insane, but thank God CJ Fleming, um, the deep squat three pointer kid extraordinaire is gone. He's like the antagonist on a, on a TV show or movie that yes. like, like, a, like coach Carter or something like, no, if you watched hustle, he's like Anthony Edwards, character. 
Also with Bellarmine, their leading scorer, uh, Dylan Penn, he was the, the only guy on their team who scored any points in the paint. Um, he's transferring to Vermont for his graduate year. So they're without their top two scorers, and they don't have that much outside of them too. So it's going to be interesting to see what they can do. They're kind of up in the air right now. They have such a proven system, but without their top two guys for the past couple of years, it's just going to be who's going to fill that Well, void. I mean, I give credit to the coach too. I forget his oh, yeah. name. Davenport. But Davenport, Davenport, but yeah. to bring that D2 team into the A-Sun – and have that success that quickly. Literally too quickly to go to the tournament. Right. Um, By two years. Yeah, you got to give credit to the to the coach there too. So um, after that is Jacksonville State. They were new last year. They went um, twenty one and eleven though. They were they were thirteen and three in conference as well. They took. The league by storm. I think they tied for first in their like section. Now this is Jacksonville State and Liberty's last year in the A Sun this year. Yes. So I believe. Um, but they Jacksonville State though they're losing five of their top six scorers from last year. Only their their uh, third leading scorer is returning. Um, so lots of question marks there. I don't know how that's going to look. Um, one after that, it's uh, January 21st, is uh, Kennesaw. They went 13-18 and 18 last year. They have lots of returners. They return their top four scorers and six out of their top seven. Um, I feel like with, with Kennesaw, this has to be the year that they finally take that step forward, right? It was like three years ago. They get um, the new coach, Abdul Rahim, and he brings in this insanely good, you know, recruiting class. And it's like, how did they even get those players? And then there was a bunch of injuries. They were so young. Well, all those guys are still there. And so it's, it's like, I feel like there's not really many excuses at this point to go, you know, go 13 and 18. So it's like either they're going to be a presence or there's probably going to be some changes um, going forward with them. Um, just a couple more I want to touch on before we start repeating everything. Uh on January 26th, we're playing away at Queens University or University of Queens. I'm not sure which one, but they are also new to the A-Sun this year, like Austin P. And they're also new to D1. They're out of Charlotte, North Carolina. They're a private school, only like 2,500 kids. Um, so kind of like Liberty, I guess. Liberty's a little bit bigger, I think. A lot bigger. Well, aren't they like... Liberty's like 60,000 plus. Oh, just kidding. But they have a big online presence. Right. Um I, don't, I can't imagine this school has no big online the liberty presence. is massive but right yeah um but again the thing about them is is with d2 is i've really this is just me learning some things over the course of you know watching basketball and covering it now for a few years um just because a school's d2 does not mean they're a pushover like at all no and especially when you're talking about a d2 school transfer or transitioning to d1 it's because they're really damn good for the most part and so, for example, last year, of course, D2, they went 30-4 and four and 21-3 and three in conference. So they obviously were qualified to join D1. Um, they lose their top scorer from last year. However, 11 out of their top 12 are returning. So essentially wow. the next 11 guys. Um, that's another thing about these D2 transitioning teams are they're typically the schools that, like, the players they got were not recruited by D1 schools, you know? Um so there's, there's this like undying loyalty to those programs and they've been together for all these years and they're so well coached and it's, you know, it's, I can see them being shocking some people this year a little bit. So how pissed would you be if Queens wins the A-Sun this year? Uh, very, because they wouldn't even be able to play. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I think the last one I'm going to touch on for the most part is Liberty because again they've they've run the A Sun. They're the warriors of the right. A Sun. They they were a Bellarmine loss in the uh, in the playoffs, I guess you can call them, uh, away from their fourth straight A Sun chip, which has never been done. They finished 22 and 11 last year. Uh, we did finally beat them, which was nice. Uh, they had a great series against him last year with, with Tavian and Darius McGee. But here's my bad news is Darius McGee is back for his red shirt senior season uh, with that extra COVID year. So, yeah, um, another – I mean, he's gonna. you know he's going to average at least 20. He averaged like 25 a game last year. Um, <clears throat> they also returned five of their top six scorers. So they're, they're a lock to be another favorite once more. Uh, but I, I kind of like to think of them as the Packers of, of college basketball. Um, now, they're more successful. However, uh, the like with Darius McGee, they're so top-heavy, right? The Packers without Aaron Rodgers or even replace him with an average quarterback, and they're just not very good. Uh, outside of McGee, they don't have a lot of, a lot of proven stuff. Now, grant you, that might just be because McGee needs to dominate the ball. Um, that's how they win. But, you know, you're talking about Kyle Road and the, the freshman last year, Brody Peebles, and, and Preston, I think, is another guy. Uh, Shiloh Robinson. You know, some decent players, but nobody who's proven, at least. Again, their coach is proven, too. Oh, yeah, Richie so McKay. Richie McKay is going to likely always position that team to have successful players, no matter if they're unknown yet or, or whatever. Yep, and uh, so, yeah, again, it's then a home game against Central Arkansas – play una one time i i don't want to talk bad about a team at all because una has always been very competitive even when their record doesn't say so but like i don't think they've had a winning season in a long time um since maybe their their second or first or second you know season they lost some players to transfer this year uh then it's back uh home at una away at jacksonville away at stetson home at stetson we play them back to back um instead of one in the beginning one in the end uh, then home at Lipscomb, home at uh, not at Lipscomb, home against Lipscomb, and then finishing the season, home against Austin P. So, like I said, three straight home games to end the season at least. Um, just you know, you guys, if you want to talk about anything that I said or anything about the schedule, what are your initial thoughts uh, about you know that A Sun schedule? Um, yeah, it's it's kind of um, it's there's like so much newness. So it's like going into this year with like weird expectations of like not really knowing what to expect. Um, Cause there's so many, was there like three, how many teams were there? Two or three new teams. Yeah. Uh, two new teams this year. Uh, but that's another thing I want to say real quick is there's 14 teams in the A sun right now, including us. It's a big, it's a big league. Yeah. It's just, it's going to be interesting with like the amount of times we play every team. There's going to be teams even more that we're not going to even play multiple times. I would imagine because last year I feel like that happened where we didn't, we only played a couple teams once, um, just do the scheduling. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's very interesting to, to see like Austin P coming in and cause I know they've been like kind of a, a big mid major in the past, but you know, as you said, they're, they haven't been as great this lately, but yeah, no, I don't know. I'm I'm excited. It's just gonna be. I've got to kind of do a little bit of my preseason 
research before really like giving any input on like the new teams or, or whatnot. But it should be like a really competitive uh, conference, and I think that like we the ASIN is going to be actually really good this year. I think it should be like in comparison to like where we're at. I think we're we might get even a little bit more respect this year. Um, just from the way, and I thought I saw a list where, um, we are, I believe that GCU were picked, like, in a way too early preseason pick to be the, be the top seed, so that would be, that would be sweet, but we'll see. (laughs) Yeah, as someone who's, like, stoked about this team, I'm still not even ready to even project that. (laughs) Yeah, right. So... Another interesting thing I think with the fourteen teams now in conference is we don't play everyone twice. Like we're right. not we're not playing Liberty twice. UNA is only once. Right. Which is Lipscomb's only once. Which is interesting because uh, I kind of wish we were playing Liberty twice to get some revenge, um, but it is what it is. Um, hopefully we get to see them in the in the uh, Ace Attorney and, and return the favor. Um, Another thing I wanted to mention that we can save for the next pod when the non-conference is released, but we are playing USC again as the the season opener, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if it'll be season opener, but I probably. I think it's pretty close to season opener, but we're yeah. playing in California this year, uh, which will be should be exciting. It's always fun to. I mean, that's just big time. I yeah. mean, it should be televised. It'll be fun. Um, don't expect to win as always, but. You, know. you just want to see a good fight. Yeah. Similar to, to last year. And then speaking of USC, I just pulled up Facebook while I was bored for a second. What's Facebook? Uh, social media. <laughs> and uh, so this has nothing to do with FGCU, but just interesting in college basketball. But five hours ago, uh, University of Sal- Southern California, USC, and UCLA are considering leaving the Pac-12 for the Big Ten as early as 2024. Wow. I did see that. I heard that. So That's crazy. That is a major change to the Pac-12 because those are like two of Premier, the... UCLA is pretty yeah. much the premier program. And then how how many teams would be in the Big Ten at that point? Like <laughs> Not 10. 20? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, like, that's just interesting that they could even relocate to that type yeah. of conference. Big but Ten, isn't that like TCU? Big Ten is Michigan State, Ohio State. Yeah, um, that's mostly Midwest. Who else is in the Big Ten? Uh, Penn, Penn, Penn State. Oh no! But it's I it's. I think Indiana's in there. The Hoosiers. Yeah. Um, Purdue probably. Purdue, I think. So it's just it's just. I mean those those schools have the money to. I mean play wherever the hell they want to play. Right. But that's just that's a really weird switch up there, if that happens. Um. That's all I have right now on my thoughts on everything. Obviously, that's not the gut gamble. The gut gamble is a little more fun. But uh, conference is conference. Some newcomers. Be fun to play Austin P. Uh, Jacksonville State again. The the overall talent of the ASUN right now is higher than it's ever been. Oh, so yeah. that's every year we're saying that, and every year it's true. Yep. So that's exciting. Um, so we can go ahead and wrap this up. I got a little exercise, Dawson. I think I. I don't know if you got the text I just sent. Um, if you if you didn't, or if you did, uh, take a look. Um, I want to do. Uh, Elliot and I did a little fantasy drafts of the current team. I want to do one of all time players, um, and I thought it'd be a good 
time to rope you in as well. Um, so we get three different teams on this. Um, so we're just going to draft a starting five and we'll go, uh, how about alphabetically, uh, by whatever names we're called. Uh, so that means, uh, Dawson, Elliot, and then me for a D E R. Um, it's not even fair. You were born with that name. <clears throat> whatever. You get to go before me. <laughs> I know, but like, I know we can't play rock, paper, scissors, shoot three ways. Especially yeah. over the phone. Well, I didn't know I was going to do that, so I haven't game planned. Hey, we could pick a number between 1 and 50 and whoever... No, we should just do it like this. Okay, whatever. I'm getting the short straw anyway with R. I get to pick third. But yeah. anyways, um, with that list I sent, it's just... I listed, you know, uh, FGCU players of the past. Um, I did a couple notable exclusions of guys like, say, Rajon Tucker, who had his best years out of FGCU. Um, uh, you know, trying to stay away from that. So... Basically, Dawson, uh, let's start. Uh, we're just doing a starting five of all FGCU teams. Uh, you get the first pick. Who do you got? Oh, oh my God. Okay. Um, <laughs> you stressed? Yeah, very stressed. I gotta, I, mm, I gotta have a man. I'm, I'm between three point guards right now. <laughs> Gee, I wonder which ones. <laughs> I can't. Oh my gosh! I feel like I have to go with um, be good, be goody, goody, Brandon Goodwin. Yeah, yeah. I don't blame you at all. All right, my turn. Yep. Um, man, oh man. Silence is great on a podcast. A few moments later, Kevin Samuel. Oh. Wow. That was unexpected to me. Hmm. See, that's interesting because I think as a as a team, we've been sh- not shortchanged, but like there's not as many, uh, you know, true fives that we've had on the team. But the same can sort of be said for the point guard spot. We've had great ones, but it's like pretty much each of us is getting one of those great ones. Um so I am going to, oof, Brett Comer. That's my number one pick. Dawson, it's on you now. All right, I gotta go with Michael Gilmore on here. Okay, um, because <laughs> I need, need to, to fill out the like, names. No slight to Michael Gilmore, but um, I think I'll have to go with. I have to go with Meech. Meech. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wait, I didn't, okay. Well, you can go back to if you need to. No, I'll go with Meech, actually, yeah. Okay. My turn. Damn, we should have done Serpentine. Then I would have got two picks in a row. Um, <laughs> My turn? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, TDM. Oof. Oh, I didn't realize he was going. That would have been such a lethal backcourt. Oh, yeah. That would have been insane. All right. Mm. I am going to go with... Ooh, I got to think about that. Zach Johnson. Mm. Um, I think I'll take Chase Sealer. Good pick. Uh, all right. Bernard Thompson. Mm, that's a good pick for you. 
Man, all F- these FGCU's all-time leading scorer. Right. See, this last name thing's throwing me off. I probably would have taken him. <laughs> I didn't even recognize it. Um. Jeez, I'm I'm between two right now. But I think based on position necessity, I got to go with Marchetti Norelia. Nice. Um. I think I'm gonna have to go with I'll go with my guy. Um I'm gonna go with my guy Jamel Jones. Ooh. This is tough. I have a, a fan favorite I wanna pick, but I'm thinking of utility and I know what you're picking. Well, after <laughs> I said fan favorite. And then utility. No, you don't know, I don't think you're gonna know my utility. But I know what you're thinking. Uh still good picks out there this is for starting five yep okay uh in a theoretical you know point shooting to forward center or guard forward forward whatever sherwood nice um in that case oof uh christian terrell he was my utility man that's what i thought dude both the players you're talking about is what i thought is uh do i have another pick yeah, you got one more. You're picking, uh, depending on if you want Jamel Jones as your two or your three, you're picking either a two or a three. McKnight's gone, right? Nope. Oh. Norelia's gone? Norelia's gone. You kind of need a... Uh, uh, kind of need a, a shooter. A, a guard, guard on yeah. track, though. Yeah, I lost track of where So let me say for all those uh, present, uh, remaining is uh, Julian DeBose, Eric McKnight, Daenerys Mercurius, Antravius Simmons, Michael Gilmore, Nate Hicks, Kevin Mickle, Eli Abayev, or anyone else you can think of that has played for FGCU uh, for most of their career, or the memorable part. Christoph Verda, just kidding. Um, you could do him. Would... He averaged like 10 a game before the Sweet 16. Yeah, you know what? I'll go with him. I like it. You're thinking outside the box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking outside the box. <laughs> Even though I wanted Christian Terrell. Sorry, man. I'm not thinking outside the box. And for my last pick of the 2022 fantasy draft, <laughs> I'm going to go with the uh, tried and true De Niro Mercurius. Ooh, you got a short team. I was gonna pick Michael Gilmore, but he didn't have enough time for me to. Like, yeah, it was just, we had him for a year and a half. Like I feel much. like he could have been great, but yeah. then he just left. So. So are you putting Sherwood at the four, like the college four? Because you're you got. T- I'm just curious. TDM, uh, Bernard Thompson, Sherwood Brown, Janaro Mercurius, all true guards, but Sherwood's kind of like a three. Mercurius at the four. Mercurius at the four, okay. You're definitely going to have shooters for sure. Um, Okay, my last pick then, uh, out of necessity for sure, and uh, Comer would throw him lobs every second of the day, is um, Eric McKnight. Mm. I'm really surprised Julian DeBose is still available, but it's just kind of how it shook out. Mm. To me, Mercurius was a more recent DeBose. Yeah, they're very similar. Uh, I think DeBose had a little more uh, put-the-ball-on-the-ground skills than, than Mercurius, and a little bit less of a shooter, slightly. 
But um, just to, to read them out then, I think all these teams are, are dope. Um, <laughs> uh, Dawson, you have uh, uh, Brandon Goodwin at the point guard, Christoph Veradell at the two guard, Jamel Jones at the three, Chase Feeler at the four, and Demetrius Morant, Meech at the five. Um, yeah, uh, we've seen Goody to Meech. Uh, we know Veradell's a shooter. Jamel Jones is versatile, can score a lot of ways, and, you know, Feeler does his thing. So that's a pretty dope lineup. Uh, Elliot, we have uh, TDM at the one, Bernard Thompson bringing that defense and some solid scoring at the two guard, Sherwood Brown at the three, uh, Denaro Mercurius, uh, a little bit of a small ball four, and Kevin Samuel bringing all the height and defense and, you know, a good 10-plus points per game uh, at the center position. And then my team, Brett Comer at the point guard, um, Zach Johnson at the two guard. So I like for me, at least two guys who can man the point, obviously Comer is going to be primary, but, um, Johnson pretty much played the two guard. Um, when Goodwin was here, uh, Christian Terrell, a guy who can do it all at the three Norelia, a guy who averaged like 17 points a game for us, um, one year. And then Eric McKnight, a guy who's there for pretty much for Comer to feed him lobs every second of the day and also get, you know, five plus six plus rebounds. So, yeah, I think uh, these are pretty awesome teams. I really like your team, Russell. Thanks, man. I hate everyone I picked. <laughs> I don't I'm know who kidding. my favorite is. I hmm. I'm I think just, it might be kidding. Dawson, actually. I really like the like the ingenious uh, Veridel pick. Yeah. I'm with it. Because, <laughs> like, you got, like, Meech isn't, like, not, nobody's going to consider Meech a scorer, but you know he can get you 10 a game as well as, you know, seven rebounds or so. Feeler is a great scorer um, from the four spot. Jamel Jones can get you, you know, 10, 11, 12 points. Verdell can get you upwards of 10 and just be a spot-up shooter. And then Goodwin, you know, is good for 18, you know. So it's just a lot of offense for you, man. Yep, I'm excited to see it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. but anyway, uh, again, just a fun exercise to end this thing. Uh, it's great to have Dawson back on the pod. I feel like it's midseason. Um, but we're going to wrap that up here. Uh, I'm sure we'll be on again soon. We'll try to make it out to another workout or practice or two, um, you know, in the coming weeks and months. But otherwise, uh, stay tuned. We'll be on with some more guests, I'm sure, and some more discussion any news that comes out but yeah wings up go eagles eat your veggies